I'm Gab, he's Jules, blue skies and frigid weather over Ooh, yes. uh, West London. In fact, it feels like everything's kind of frozen to a halt. Indeed. Even football, actually, because there aren't that many stories out there. But True. there was a really big one. Of yeah. course, Jose Mourinho uh, sacked as coach of Roma. Yeah, he looked a little too gleeful on that one. Um, Jules, I, I have a column up on this where I, I go into more detail if you want to know my thoughts. But I'm going to start with your thoughts because... Mourinho supporters will point to the fact that they've had a rash of injuries, to the fact that Roma are under uh, financial fair play restrictions. They have a yeah. settlement agreement with UEFA. Yeah. Um, and that the stadium was sold out, that the fans loved him. Yeah. Um, and that he reached the Conference League final last year. He reached the Europa League final. Um, so he won the Conference League last year. He, yeah. He, he reached the Europa League final this year. And... Many believe that he was robbed, also because he says so. Many don't believe that Roma were robbed. Um, why is he gone? He's only five points away from fourth he place. Is. Fifth place might be enough for the Champions League. He's still ninth. He's still ninth. And the whole idea behind appointing him from the African family at Roma was to qualify them for the Champions League. And this is two years, so two and a half seasons there. And we don't know about this season, of course, but for the first two seasons, he failed... He failed to do that. Okay, there's the European trophy. Great. Roma's first trophy in 14 years. Okay, no problem. But the football has been dire for two and a half years. Really dire. Despite having players like Lukaku, like Dybala, like Pellegrini, some really good talents, some youngsters. And to be fair, the only positive things maybe that he did, apart from winning the Conference League, was to give debuts to a few of the kids from the academy. Or Zalewski. Yeah, which I get that. However, on top of the football being really bad, they have the third highest wage bill in the league. So maybe you are, you know, maybe this is not exactly the players that you wanted, but it's still a lot of money spent on your squad. The first summer they spent 100 million euros to get the players that he wanted. And yeah, of course, after that, even if you sell well, the following summer you can't spend as much. So, so that's the reality. But... I think overall, it just hasn't been good enough. It's as simple as that. Yeah, I, I, I think you make some good points. I mean, I think the financial imperative was a big one. Um, Roma lost close to 400 million the year before, in the two years, like, or the year before that he arrived and yeah. his first season. The Freakins have put in something like 850 million into this club. It's I mean, a lot of that, money. That, that is a lot yeah. of money. Um, he knew that there were going to be financial restrictions coming in. What he did was they gambled in his first season. They already had some commitments on some players, players that, you know, because they, they had loans with obligations to buy. Um, they spent big on some others. Uh, but I think the Friedkins look at this and say, this is not sustainable, which is why we're not going to extend his contract. In yeah. time. And I think they got stuck in a position where they know a lot of fans really, really love him. A lot of media really, really love him in Italy. Um, if you leave it until June, and then you say, no, Jose, you're too expensive, we can't do it, uh, because we lose money with you every year, you're in a situation where what if he wins the Europa League? Yeah. What if he finishes fourth? Yeah. It's, it's yeah. not yeah, unconscionable, exactly. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it becomes really hard for you to say, no, sorry, we can't afford you, right? Then you're hoping that another club comes along and says, oh, I really want Jose Mourinho. And so... I think they play the percentages as like, let's make the breakdown. Let's bring in Daniele De Rossi, yep. who is somebody who, you know, well, obviously won't be booed and will enjoy the support of Roma fans yeah, because of what he's done for the club. Yeah, yeah. Clubs always do this, right? Yeah. Um, and just cut it now. Because I think what they saw, 
like and we can go down the numbers and you can read them one way or the other you can make justifications like you said it's the third highest wage bill in Serie A he's the second highest paid coach by the way third highest wage bill but much closer to Inter who are second yeah. than uh, Milan who are fourth yeah. um, and it's also very specific choices that you made you made a team to build straight away right um, even the free agents that, that, and loans that you took, you know, people like Leandro Paredes, like Lukaku, like Dybala, these are players who come in to win straight away. Yeah. You know, you don't, yeah, you don't yeah. bring in Dybala and say, oh, look, we might win in five years' time when you're 35 and, you know, can't walk anymore. So it, when you take that, when you take that, when you roll the dice like that, you know, if you don't get into the Champions League and get that revenue, yeah. Then you'll be stuck, You're and trouble. I think they look forward and they say, in a couple of years' time, how many of these players are going to be left? Yeah, and also remember, we we were surprised when he got the job. To be fair, I don't think we expected it. We said that we felt after Spurs that he was already on his way down. He's, he turned sixty-one at the end of the month, so this is a a, a, a better birthday present for him. He 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 won one point seven point per game at Roma over the two and a half years. This is the lowest. This is the lowest ratio of his career. Ever. It's 1.7 points. Yeah. And in Serie A, it's 1.61, which is the lowest ratio. Uh, 1.61 points per game is the lowest points per game of any Roma managers who, who's coached at least 50 games since exactly. 1992. You see? So um, on top of the bad football, there's bad results. So. I want to get into this a little bit more and touch upon kind of some, some of the dynamics because mm -hmm. obviously Roma aren't Real Madrid. They don't have... <laughs> the global coverage that the other clubs that Mourinho's been at has. Locally, um, I've said this before, I've written it, people who've coached, people who've worked in both cities have told me, there is the, the club with the most pressure in the world, media pressure, sort of continuous, is Real Madrid and Barcelona, you know, pretty much equal in terms of yeah. local media and attention. I think after that, I think it's Roma. Without, without question. I'm talking local here. They really are up in your grill continuously. So it's not an easy place to work. And Mourinho really conquered. Yeah, uh, but he was always going to, right? Because he's that personality. Yes and no. I don't, I mean, I think you have to, you have that personality. He's certainly very good at winning the trust of the players. And none of the players have turned on him. Even the ones that he kind of threw under the bus yeah. have turned on him. You know, um, Borja Mayoral, for example, who, you know, Roma had the option of of keeping him. Um, he was on a, he was on a two year loan in, in in the second year, under Mourinho, he hardly played. Mourinho basically decided, oh, Borja Mayoral is no good. We'll keep him around for another year. I'll bring in Tammy Abraham, who, who did well at first, right? Yeah. yeah. And he says, Mayoral's no good, not worth it, blah, blah, blah. And now you see Borja Mayoral, he's the second leading goal scorer in Spain. So he could come back and say, yeah, I was disappointed that I never got to play, but Mourinho taught me this and that. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people still have this loyalty. I mean, Paul Pogba probably doesn't. But, yeah. you know, a lot. So, so he had this dynamic where when he took over the club, and I think, again, people don't always know their history here, but the year before, under Paulo Fonseca, Roma... They were in the top four until March. They slipped down to seventh, um, and they reached the Europa League semifinal, uh, where they lost to I think it was Benfica. Yeah. That season they had an absolute ton of of injuries, and they never uh, had the investment that Jose had. Well, after. this is the big thing, right? The last kind of eight months of the season, you had a situation where um, the previous owner, the Jim Pilotta, 
was in the process of selling the club. The director of football um, was sent away, Gianluca Petracchi. Um, so there was no director of football. There was almost nobody in charge of the club. Yeah, yeah. Complete, I mean, Paolo Fonseca really was a man alone. Yeah, yeah. And the reason I bring this up is people say, oh, what well, does it matter? Sir Alex never, you know, whatever. Like, leave Sir Alex to one side. But this is also the complaint that Mourinho had this year. Mourinho complained. He says, like, wait a minute. Like, he did have a sporting director, Thiago Pinto, who's also leaving. Yeah. But he said, ah, the Friedkins are kind of absentee landlords. That's the narrative that Mourinho's put out because they're in the States. They never speak to the media. They're far away, a bit like the Glazers. Um, and he's like, I'm the only, I'm the face of the club. I have to do all the talking. I have to do everything in addition to coaching the team. Um, they have a CEO, Lina Sokoulos, I think is her last name. But she's new or relatively new and whatever. And she never talks either. Jago Pinto never talks. So there, you had this, 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 this era of isolation, right? Mourinho's first season, like you said, they spend a lot of money. Some of that, to be fair, was money that was had already yeah, been committed yeah, yeah. beforehand. Um, and he finishes with one more point than Paulo Fonseca had the year before. Uh, and he wins the, the Conference League. Yeah, which, which is... Look, Steve Nichol absolutely rubbished it uh, when I was on the show Monday night. He said, oh, what does that mean? That you're the best of the six-place teams in the big five leagues? Technically, yes. Well, that's the league, that's the, the European Cup for it, between 6th and 10th. So. so it's not necessarily a great achievement. No, no, but it's still it, a trophy. So It's still a trophy. trophy, the fans loved it. Um, then, of course, last season, Tammy Abraham gets injured and so on, and you find yourself in this situation. But at every stage, with the money that, that they had, and again, they were limited, they had a positive net spent of about $130 million yeah. uh, over the two years. But equally... I think that's also because they sold very well. Yeah. And they only made loan signings or free agents, uh, just about. Um, other than Roger Ibanez, who I think is actually a decent player, yeah, but a lot of... Well, Mourinho threw... It's another one who Mourinho threw yeah. under the bus. Other than him, I don't see anybody else who they let go who, off the top of my head, who would have necessarily started and played regularly. I agree. Um and then you make this decision and you bring in people like Jeannie Vinaldum last season. Um, the, the influence of George Mendes, I think, is part of this narrative as well. Of course. Sergio Oliveira, who yeah. cost them a, a, a mint in loan fees. Renato Sanchez. Renato Sanchez this year is not a great look. No. Um, but these are all older players. These are unknown players. And so I think when you look at it, what are you building towards? But, but again, I, I, I think the whole idea, surely, with Mourinho, a very short-termist coach, because this is what he is, from the, from the ownership was, listen, we just need to get into the Champions League. We need to get them. So the, the, the aim and very much the, the trophy will be the Champions League. And then we get that money. And then once we've got that money of the Champions League secure, then we finish top four, then, then we can see you know, where we are and, and build on that. The problem is, once you've missed out on, on it, what do you have left? We said, so you've got a super expensive wage bill, too far too expensive for Roma's um, like revenues. You've got no Champions League, as we said. Okay, you sell your stadium out, which is great, and that clearly you could see the passion, and that's important. Mourinho plays six derbies against Lazio. Four defeats, one draw, one win. So if you're not, if you're not doing well, if you're not reaching the, the, the targets that you have, which is the Champions League... And you don't even win the derbies, which on which a bad Rome really, really exactly matters. on a bad season, this what saves your 
Yeah. Saves your, your bottom, really. Is that you can't even against the Lazio team, let's be honest, that hasn't been that great. You know, this is not the Lazio that won the title under Sven. No, no. And, and, and this is another thing, right? He, he always points out because look, he, he's always selling when he's speaking, right? He's always justifying, he's always explaining. Yeah. So this summer, like, he started talking about all the money that Lazio spent, right? Uh, ignoring the fact that Lazio were able to spend all this money because they sold. Arguably, their most important player, one of the two most important players, Sergei Milinkovic, Savic, yeah. Saudi Arabia, for a ton of money. Yeah, and that's why then they were able to reinvest some of that. But Lazio's wage bill is a fraction of Roma's. Completely. Um, and we know, we, we we know because we have data on the shows that wage bills are the best predictor of of league finish. Yeah. Um, he he has been really unlucky with injuries. I also think, though, there's a sense there was a sense from from the ownership point of view that he was becoming a little bit erratic and a little bit out of control. Well, all the red cards. I mean, Seven red cards in two and a half years. Come on. Uh, the ban for, 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 for confronting Anthony Taylor. Which was the, the worst, probably, right? It's that kind of attitude. If you're an owner and you see one of your employees, especially the most important one maybe in your yeah. club, d behaving like this? That, yeah. And it, it shows you, I think, shows a lack of professionalism because I can deal with in the heat of the game and Mourinho's yeah, been sent yeah, off yeah. in the heat of the game. But this is afterwards. It's at the airport, man. You're, you're, I don't think it's the airport. I, think, I thought I think it was the, the car park uh, under, under yeah. the stadium, right? But there, you had a trophy presentation, right? You've lost. It's gone the other way. You may think that you were robbed or whatever, but to go and do this, you're only hurting your club yeah. because you're going to get slapped. You're embarrassing your club and you're going to get slapped with that ban, which means that you can't be on... on on the touchline. Um, he's made other decisions. The, he lost his last game against Milan, obviously. He drops Rui Patricio for, for Miles Villar, which Rui Patricio was supposed to be his yeah. guy, not been great since coming over, obviously shares an agent with him. Yeah. Um, earlier this year, Chris Smalling, uh, who's been injured for a long time, a major absentee, he comes out and he says like, well, you know, yeah, he's on the mend, but it's tough to say, because you know, the thing about Smalling is he has a different pain threshold than a lot of other athletes. Yeah, he's weak, basically. That's what are you mean. saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like smalling, oh, I have a boo-boo? Now, even if it were true, and I don't believe for one second that it is, yeah. why would you undermine one of your key and best-played players like that? Remember Rick Karlsdrup? What he did to Karlsdrup? I mean, I know yeah. in the end, they kind of made peace. Yeah. But that was... Or in his first season, they lose 6-1 to Bodo Glimpse yeah. uh, in the, the Conference League. They, they, he played his, his B team. Uh, but then, of course, made five substitutions and sent on of a course. lot of starters and got killed. And he said, oh, this is my point. I only have 13 players and, <laughs> and then I have a bunch of other guys who are no good. You know, like, I, how do you, you as an owner, you're saying these are club assets. I, I have to, you, you have to look after them. Or coming out and saying, oh, I really want to extend my contract. I want to extend my contract. I want to extend my contract. Um, the club's saying, no, we're going to wait till the end of the season precisely to see if they can afford him or not. And he's like, well, you know, if I'm not here next season, it's not going to be my decision. Like, what are you saying? Yeah. Like, no, no club owner wants to be treated like that. And no, no. They're 100%. the ones who pay the bills, and they're the ones who have the control. And we, can, we yeah. can wave an angry fist at them all we want, but they're the ones who are in charge. Um, Nemanja Matic, another one, right? Yeah. Spends a ton one of money. One of his guys as well. Supposedly one of his guys, yeah. right? I signed him twice. Yeah. And then... He's there for one season. Now, I always, that was kind of weird to me because 
they did get money back from him. Was it like five million? Yeah, that? yeah, yeah, from when? But at the end, he's like, oh, Matic had been talking to. He fell out with him, and he's like, oh, well, you know, Matic didn't want to be here. Uh, you know, he'd been talking to to Ren. It was Ren, where he yeah, went, yeah. right? For, for for months. You really, you really think? I mean, Ren is a lovely place. Yes, like, lovely. Place. Been, I'm sure it's no like, Rome, though. I can. It's not that. the eternal city. No. You think Nemanja Matic all of a sudden decides? Oh yeah, for my football ambition, my career. At 35 years old, I want to go to yeah, Ren, live I in know. France, where I've never lived before. By the way, right? Um, so all these things people saw as frankly erratic behaviors. Treatment of yeah. Nicolò Zagnolo, another one, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and again, with Zagnolo, arguments on both sides, contracts. But there was always something going always on. Always something. I mean, this sacking, I think, to my calculations, takes his uh, compensation packages, if you put them all together, to almost 100 million euros. So he's done really well in getting sacked. But as we said, he's going to turn 61 at the end of the month. I think 26th of January is his birthday. I, I never thought he would get after Spurs a top job. Roma is a top job. I never thought he would. Right now, I see even less. But this is just me. Maybe I'm a bit naive. Maybe I undermined the power of George Mendes, Jose Mourinho's kind of legacy, aura, whatever you want. Where do you see him next? Uh, the only place I see him, Gab, before you go, Wolves. is Saudi Arabia. Okay. Not even well, in the Premier League. Not, not even Wolves would agree to have him back. Not Newcastle, not Forest, not a club like Sevilla in Spain where they might be looking for someone like it. I, I just don't see anything outside of Saudi Arabia and maybe a national team. Okay, so there's a couple of things here. One is if you get Mourinho at a Mourinho price tag, you know, paying Mourinho what he was earning at, at Roma or even more than that, um, and with the demands from Mourinho, because like you said, they spent 100 million. Yeah. They were one of the biggest spending teams in Europe in his first season, right? Then I, I would agree with you. I, it's not going to be like a big six. It's not going to be one of Europe's top 10, 12 clubs. It's just not going to happen, right? The uh, thing with Saudi is he had the opportunity to go to Saudi yeah. before, and he chose not to. And I think part of that is... Mourinho is not mo money is important to Mourinho in the sense that he wants to be respected and so if he's the Roma you know if he signs for Roma he needs to be the second highest paid manager in Serie A because he's won far more than Pioli and Inzaghi and whoever else right fine right but getting paid 100 million to go to Saudi if he then falls off the face of the earth and nobody ever talks about him again no, and true. he's playing in front of 10,000 people or, or coaching in front of 10 I think that would make his head explode. He had the chance and he turned it down. True, he turned it down because he already had a club in Roma. So you remember after the defeat if he gets last season, he, was, he gave all this like, I'm staying here, you know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Because he, had, he still had a year on his contract. Is it better to go to Saudi Arabia or to, to go nowhere, be unemployed? Because that's where he would be and kind so, of disappear of... So I, I, I think he wants to have another go on, on a big stage. And, and I'm sorry, right now, going and managing Saudi... Is not, yeah, okay. is not the big stage, so right? So give me where on the so big stage. So I think in the immediate, could it be a club? I, I've thought of actually clubs in the Mendes orbit, right? Yeah, me Atletico too. Atletico Madrid, Sevilla. No, yeah, Wolves. Sevilla is the only one. Uh, Atletico Madrid, Simeone is not going anywhere. Wolves, um, I think you might even extend it. I think Marseille is kind of Mendes-ish, let's face it, right? Yeah, but... Um, but there's 101 reasons and everybody has the financial stability, right, requirements now. So it becomes really, really yeah. difficult to roll the dice like that. Um, people have suggested MLS. I don't think he's quite there unless, again, 
it's a club where you have an owner who falls in love with them yeah. and says, okay, all our DP money, blah, 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 let's, let's go big. I think it's going to be a national team. I think that might be the most appealing for him. And, yeah. and I think it could make sense for another reason, too, other than the fact that he's always said he wanted to finish with a national team, blah, blah, blah. So which one then? Well, the Sweden. We said Sweden are looking for somebody. Here you go. Ibra as an assistant. I, Mourinho as a number one. Ibra has a job now, sort of. I know. Um, but, uh, but no, but, I mean, we, we can talk about which one. It's not going to be Portugal. But see, Roberto just arrived. And yeah. also, I don't think he would want to manage. I think he'd love to manage Portugal one day. But not as long as Cristiano's there. Yeah. And, of course, Cristiano will play for another 15 years because he has to go and catch Christine Sinclair. Yeah. Uh, her her goal-scoring record. Um, but the reason it would make sense is Mourinho in short bursts. And Mourinho in longer bursts is exhausting. Right? Wears players mm. down. Mourinho in short bursts, so where you're only with the players every couple months, he can be really energizing and galvanizing. We've seen yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Mourinho in knockout competitions. Yeah. You may not like his style yeah. of play, yeah, exactly. but if he goes and he turns everything into some kind of gladiator, editorial yeah. matchup, it could work, right? Yeah, I'm with you 100%. So, Tell me which one. <laughs> of the big countries, of the big countries. No, it doesn't need to be a big country. Well, come, come on. No, he, can it keep... Can it be a Sweden? I'm not, I'm not saying it will be Sweden, right? Yeah. But if I get Mourinho, if I get him jacked up, if I get him G'd up at Sweden, all of a sudden, Alexander Isak, you know, he's like, Isak is my Ibrahimovic and blah, 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 and whatever. And they go on a run in a tournament in, in the Euros or, or, or whatever, right? You know which one is going to come available? The only one. The only one of the big. France will become available, but we know who's coming next. Italy is gone. Spain will be gone. And you think Spain? Marina, yeah. You know, it's, Portugal, it's not- we said... Germany have one. The only one would be England because Guy Southgate is going to leave after yeah. the Euros. And I don't think England and I don't think the FA would make that decision. No, no, no. It's, so, it's not going to be. It's not going to be on that level. But then I'm oh. not sure if he wants to take it. Then why would you? Why would you want to? What go if it's Uruguay ahead of the World Cup? Well, I'm not, I mean, I think Marcelo Bielsa is there for a while. Uh, no, no, but I, I no, I'm, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. You're talking about the club, right? Yeah, yeah. Or. Or Argentina post Messi and he goes and he does it for free with a love and I'm saying a club where you get where you country, players yeah. with the kind of a country yeah, yeah. with the kind of the personality to do that to embrace that I think that is the only scenario I can see where he would do well. There's another option. What if Mourinho has his come to Jesus moment? What if he says, you know what? <laughs> why is why is his come to Jesus moment? Okay, which is which is this right? Okay, there's people who love me and there's people who hate me. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to remove my mask and look at myself objectively. Yeah. I have won tremendous amounts. I have won 26 trophies or 28 or however yeah. many he likes to count, right? Um, I've been sacked from I've got my, my last four jobs, really my last five jobs, because yeah. Real Madrid effectively that ended, right? Yeah, Before, yeah. Have ended prematurely. Yeah. And people think that I'm just a guy who goes to a club and they buy great players for him and I can't manage. Yeah. I'm going to prove them otherwise. I've proved it in the past when I won the treble with This Porto. is not going to happen. What if I take it back? What if I go and I take some job for like a million euros a year, right? Nice and cheap. And I work with limited resources and I overachieve. But that's never going to happen. It's yeah, just, it's never going to happen. The one I could see. It's is, never going to happen. It's like though? Benfica or it's Porto. Never, no, no, but tell me why it's never going to happen. Why would Mourinho do that? He doesn't have anything to prove to anyone. Suddenly, I'm, I'm guaranteed that's not how he sees if it. If he wants a job, well, first of all, he doesn't have anything to prove. No, he doesn't. He doesn't care. But if he wants to prove that right now he can do a phenomenal job, 
He's going to tell you he's the only one to have won all the European trophies. No, I know, but what if he removes that? What if he takes a step out of it and he says, what if I go and I do something that's never been done before? Will that Chamberlain, is, yeah, you, know, you know your basketball, yeah. right? Will Chamberlain yeah. scored 100 points. He yeah. retired with more than 50 points average. People said, oh, look, you're only good because you're selfish and you can't pass the ball. And well, plus, he was also seven foot two. Yeah, he was stuff. massive. So what did he do? One season, yeah. he said, I'm going to lead the league in assists. And what happened? And he did. Yeah. Again, this NBA is not back then. This is no like, question. No, but I always wonder about that, right? No, I know. Taking a it's step a down. It's a idea. It's precisely because he has nothing to prove, but precisely because he has all the money and trophies and whatever, right? So why would you go into that hustle? And by the way, if Presumably that goes... he enjoys working. If that goes wrong or bad, it's even, it makes it even worse. It's so he's not going to take that risk. He's going to be the guy who won the treble. It he's doesn't matter. He won two trebles, in fact. Yeah, two, two. I, I, I mean, I, I would love the idea for him to go back to Ulyon Leira or whatever, where he all started. No, he doesn't have to go that far down it the doesn't, pyramid. It won't happen. It won't happen. I even, I would, I'd be even surprised if he takes a Sweden job, like a, like a, a Sweden type of job, like a mid-tier national. Yeah, team. yeah. I'd be surprised even. I think in the immediate, it's either Mendesphere. It's just one of the yeah. things. It's either Mendesphere. It's he takes a he takes a step back in terms of uh, wages and demands, or it's a mid-major or national team. So yeah, I was thinking Rafa Benitez went to Celta Vigo. I don't think I don't think this is Jose's sphere. However, do you think Brazil? You, you mentioned Rafa Benitez and Mourinho. No, no, Mourinho. I'm just saying. In the same sentence, you know you're you're you're, you're disrespecting Mourinho, right? I, I was not <laughs> trying to disrespect you, Jose. I was just saying, you know, some like Benitez who won the Champions League too, yeah, yeah. have gone down really low. I don't think this is Mourinho at all. Do you think, however, that Brazil, for a timing of a week or 10 days, let's say, regret having appointed Dorival Jr. as the national team head coach? Now, I mean, I guess you could maybe break that contract, but... Uh, and had they not done that, so had, would they still be looking now for a manager, a head coach? Would Mourinho fit what they want, fit the bill, and would they regret then? You know what? No, I've been waiting a bit longer. Anything can happen, right? But you're right, they could still break the contract. If there was a glut of, the same way that Ancelotti was linked to it, mm. a glut of senior players on this Brazil team who know Mourinho, saying, guys, Dorival Jr., come on, man, the dude with 23 jobs in 23 years, Yeah. right? Let's just oh, do it, just, just for the Copa America. Let's call him in. He knows us all. You know, no I language mean, barrier. I that would be... I, I'm not his biggest fan, but that would be it's amazing. Not, it's not unthinkable. Um, I think it would take a lot of courage to do it. Yeah. But, you know, they've been there before with similar yeah. types of... Brazil, for all the Jogo Bonito stuff, they won silverware with Dunga, with... Uh, 94 uh, was not... A, with yeah. Luis Felipe Scolari, yeah. right? Uh, so... I mean that would be tremendous. It would be amazing. Um, but again, it wouldn't be a show, it wouldn't be a long-term thing. I mean that would be that could put him back on the map, and then he yeah. goes and he jumps and replaces Luis Enrique Paris Saint Germain. Oh, let's behave. Maybe Luis Campos can have a word. Oh my God! No. All right. <laughs> All right. Enough Mourinho. Never thought I'd say that because no. you can never get enough. But still. How about some quick hits? Let's go, Gav. Reports in France suggest Paris Saint-Germain are going to offer Kylian Mbappe, quote, far more than 100 million euros a season. In fact, nearly three times as much as he would get in Madrid. Jules, 
Is this plausible and would it even make sense? The person reporting this, Daniel mm. Riolo, of course, is a person you know well and person yeah, very yeah. respected. Yeah, very well connected as well, especially in the uh, PhD sphere. I think they've already offered, by the way, uh, a contract. I mean, when you say far more than 100 million, I think far more is a little bit exaggerated. I think it would be around that. Currently, that's what he earns anyway. He earns 100 million a year. So, wait, so, so he doesn't even get I a know. raise? Said, there's, a, there's, a, there's a program on French television tonight, on Thursday night, as we record the show on Thursday morning, uh, where he talks about his money. And he doesn't really neither confirm nor deny that that's how much he earned, 100 million. But he said, listen, I haven't stolen it. You know, this is how, this is how the world works, and, I, and I've worked really, really hard for it. But yeah, but, sorry, I think if he sticks around, th if he stays, he would get his loyalty bonus on top of that yeah, too, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So the eighty, the eighty million. I think the way you, the way people need to see it and try to understand it outside of the money and the figures and that are obscene, and he would be, I believe, the highest paid player at Real Madrid. Although that would be much, much less than PSG. Uh, the, 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 the problematic, in a way, is if he stays, he would be the king of Paris. There's no doubt. If he goes to Madrid, he would be one of the princes of Madrid with Vinicius, with Bellingham, with maybe... Uh, right. you, you see what I mean? So the, in terms of your status within that dressing room, it's not the same. But then Real Madrid is the biggest club in the world, which PSG isn't. So just... just in terms of what he wants, where he wants to be, and what he wants to, how he wants to be looked at, this is also one of the, one of the yeah, the problematics of the whole story outside of the money and what he wants to achieve, etc., etc. So it will, I think he will make a decision, not in May. It will be earlier than that. I don't know when exactly, but but yeah. All right, I'd, I'd throw in two other two other factors uh, as well to consider. Real Madrid will knock on wood, be around for another 100 years as a big, big course, dog. That doesn't move. You Real don't know what's going to happen with the Qatari ownership yeah, yeah. and Paris Saint-Germain going forward. I think that also has to be in the back of his mind. Yeah. Juventus, their second in Serie A with a 3-0 win over Sassuolo Gab. They won't go away and they're starting to score more goals. Yeah, Dusan Vlaovic, oh, two well, goals. How about that? By the way, the Consigli... Uh, yeah. not, not a good day for the uh, no. Sassuolo keeper, just put no. it that way. Um, yeah, look, he's churning out results, and I, I wouldn't put too much of a stock into the fact that, you know, they're starting to score more goals because I don't know that they're, it's not like they're playing more attacking football. It's just that yeah. the better players are there. Um, but, yeah, they're not. They're not giving up. We'll see. They've got some tough fixtures coming up. And I think we'll be able to better assess where they are then. And also better assess Inter, who, of course, have the um, you know, the Champions League is starting up again. Yeah. So that's going to you know, take a toll on them as well. Howard Webb says uh, VAR made a mistake when it didn't intervene to punish Martin Odegaard for handling the ball when Arsenal played Liverpool at Anfield earlier this season. Because I think we all agree it should have been a penalty, everybody except for the referee. But yeah. Why did it take so long for this to come out? Isn't it because Howard Webb is waiting for his show, where he does that show with Michael Owen, yeah. where he explains. So I think this must be a certain, okay. certain yeah. day all the time or something like that. Otherwise, why don't I, you do it like, I don't I've, know, the I've end of wondered. each month? Or? I've wondered about this, right? And, you know, I, you know, I like Howard Webb more than most people. However, something like this, you have to have the intelligence the, the knowledge of media to know that the reaction when you come out what three weeks later for however long yeah, it was right almost a month yeah people are going to say oh it's doing any good now why didn't you speak up straight away right yeah that's how people are going to take it and it's going to boomerang against you which by the exactly. way is how everybody on the FC show took it on Monday night uh, when when this was brought up now 
let's say with all due respect to Sky, it's not like they have so much going on that like, oh, we have a contract to do one show every, every these many and Howard, you can't speak outside of it. If Howard Webb says, I got something to say about this, yeah. put me on. It's Sky a, have a thousand channels. Like, it's, sure, a Premier, Howard. it's a Premier League show. It's nothing to do with Sky anyway. The Premier right. League just serves it to all the right holders. Well, then go and have a word with, with the Premier League. Yeah. One other thing, and listen to the audio. I'm assuming it was the referee shouting where the argument was that, you know, just somebody shouting, oh, he's on the floor, he's on the floor, right? And because the argument being Odegaard's falling over, so whatever, right? I can't believe you're going there. That one you up that I said floor instead of I ground. don't understand. It's English. These people are English. You should know your own language. It's not a second language. <laughs> Floors are indoors. Ground are outdoors. <laughs> I, I don't, whatever, whatever. But maybe I'm, maybe I'm difficult. Back to Juve, no, Max it's, Allegri. It's, it's oh, sorry, to you, sorry. Yeah, back to Juve, Gabi. Max Allegri had something to say about the title race with Inter, of course, which may have upset many people. Yeah, so they asked Beppe Marotta, who's the chief executive of, of Inter, and former Juve, who says like, uh, and formerly Juve, of course, uh, he's like, oh, it's like the, you know, the, the hunter and the hare, you know, Juve, uh, Inter being the hare running away and Juventus hunting them down, right? Fair enough. They asked Allegri about this, and he said, and Allegri says, yeah, yeah, it's a bit like that. You could say it's a bit like cops and robbers, where yeah. cops are chasing them up. Oh, my God. Everybody's like, oh, look, Allegri's <laughs> having a pop. Allegri's trolling him. And I, you watch the video, you see the context. I don't think Allegri's trying to offend anybody. No, but it's a good line. It's I, a good line. But I think it just comes out accidentally. Yeah, yeah. of games or one person chases the other one. He could have said, you know, tag or, or, or whatever. <laughs> um, so it's kind of funny. I don't think anything sinister. No, like surely not. Anthony Martial has been training on his I... own as he recovers from a flu bug. Yeah. Jules, he hasn't played since December 9th. Uh, anything to read into this? Uh, I, I don't know. Is Ten Hag happy with him? I don't think so. Probably because of the fitness issues. Uh, issues. He's got six months left on his contract with a year option that only United can trigger, which I don't think they'll be triggering right now. So if it's really much like the end uh, of his time at the club, and I don't think because it's the end, there's no point for Ten Hag really if you think about it. Unless he's, he has to really, because they're short in numbers or something like that, or something happened to Hoyland, that you don't count on him because he won't be there next season and you know it. Uh, apparently the training on his own part, this isn't like Sancho training on his own. No, no, no he's just, just like, like, yeah. He's just part of his recovery. I do wonder, like, a flu bug that's like five weeks? I mean, that's, no, no. that's I think he's had other issues, like, no. physically and stuff. But yeah, it's not a good look for him, which is a shame because I think his time at United is just going to end up in a really sad way. And sticking with the club, with United, many are delighted, Gav, that Sergio Ratcliffe is on the verge of formalising his 25% acquisition of some shares of the club and investing a further £300 million pound into United. But according to the Times, in 18 months, however, the Glazer could force, could force him to sell his shares. Yeah, so there's a... <laughs> So basically, this is in the official SEC documents that, that were filed with uh, uh, in, in New York, because obviously they're, they're filed with the stock market. Um, and in the tender document, it says that after 18 months, yeah. if the Glazers find another buyer, he has to sell his shares. He would have no other choice. This he will have no other choice. Okay. Um, now, presumably, the 300 million that he's putting in will be as equity. So by then, they'll probably have grown to 25 from 25 percent to maybe 30 percent. But there's nothing you can do to stop them. Yeah, yeah. Which talk about having your cake and eating it too. Yeah. It's kind of like, all right, let's bring this guy in. 
You spend three hundred million. You, you run the club. Money. You be the face of the club. Yeah. You fix it, make it more valuable, and then we can just kick you to the curb and sell it to somebody else. Or I don't even and make know, a but, profit. Yeah. But technically, could I almost also wonder like could one glazer sell it to another glazer? Maybe. I just retake control. Of the, I mean, I. This is how this is how it was reported. By the way, this yeah, is yeah, yeah, spin yeah, on this, yeah, right? Yeah. I'm not a lawyer, as you know. Thankfully, I I just find this I find this extraordinary, um, and I guess they're really good at negotiating when it they comes are. to this sort of thing. They are. Also, Jules, according to the filing, the Qatari bid from Sheikh Jassim did not provide enough proof of source of financing. What a surprise! And didn't meet the asking price. Oh. You're not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. I mean, he felt like that when. Uh, Sheikh Yassim was having this kind of like PR campaign to say how good he was and how great he would be as an owner and this and that where I think we always knew that it was maybe not that clear cut in a way so I'm not surprised to see this now coming out in this filing and again the official papers it's not us no no you, you supposing. can't this I is, mean these, these are papers that come with from the Glazers and Ratcliffe for five of the stock exchange yeah, yeah. but they can't lie about it no. because they're lying to their shareholders and they would get into serious trouble. Exactly. So. I, I find it extraordinary, too, because a lot of people just assumed, because Qatar is a small place and the emir is all powerful, that, oh, this guy must be, you know, he must be kind of like a stooge for the emir, representing the emir or whatever, right? I'm wondering, like, was he not? Was he just like a private citizen, actually, in real life? Because yeah. if you're the emir, you don't want your name associated with this without making a, a serious offer, yeah, at least, true, right? true, true. <laughs> From one side of Manchester to the other, yeah, Premier League boss Richard Masters, giving evidence before a parliamentary committee, said that a date has been set for Manchester, Manchester City's hearing, hearing, hearing in relation to their financial fair play violations, all 115 of them. Yes, a date has been set, but he can't tell us what it is. I'm actually wondering, does he even know? Or like, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I hate to go back to this, yeah. but it's lawyers. Everything's yeah. super confidential. I can't even tell you when the can't hearing is. What are they going to do? Like, like meet underground or like, I, I don't, I like, like put on masks, put on balaclavas and go in the middle of the night so that nobody sees them? It could be October 2024, which means that we would not know anything, like the, the, the end of it. Has been going 2025. Like, I mean, come on. They, they Why so late? I, I, there's no, look, there, there's, there's no logical reason for this. There's no logical reason for all the secrecy other than the fact that one set of lawyers, I'm going to guess the city lawyers, Yes. Uh, have decided to go and slow and lowball it, and then just slow it down and whatever. And, and now the secrecy—it's just so unnecessary. You can't even give us a date. Come on. Barcelona take on Unionistas de Salamanca in the Copa del Rey in a few hours, Jules. But the groups keep turning on Xavi with reports that he's losing some of the players. Yeah, although he denied it, but it was one of our stories on the ESPN website saying that the players are just not digging it really, uh, not believing so much in him and his ability to get things right or better. He also said himself that if there's no trophy at the end of the season, so no La Liga, no Copa del Rey, yeah. or no European trophy, um, that no Champions League, that he would leave himself. He shouldn't decide based on trophies. He should decide on whether yeah, the team is I progressing. Agree. Ivan Tony's ban for betting on football has expired as of yesterday, Wednesday, so he will be eligible again to play at the weekend for Brentford. He says that he wants to play for a club fighting for title and that this month could be the right time for a move. He said that three days after being grateful to Brentford for the support they gave him during the battle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, look, come on. Honestly, if you're Brentford, you take the money and run. He has 18 months. Yeah. Uh, his contract expires in 2025. He has 18 months left, right? So 
if you want to get Max out, obviously he needs to prove himself. But if he proves himself for six months and then you sell him in the summer, you're going to presumably get less than him because he'll be a year away from free agency. I don't know. This whole thing, you know my thoughts on this, him like tweeting out, free, like, like he's been in prison. Come on, yeah. just leave it. Jordan Henderson has been terminated his contract with Al Etifak in Saudi Arabia and has been strongly linked with a move to Ajax. Makes sense to you, Jules? No. I mean, you know I'm not a fan of Jordan Henderson, the player, to start with. He's 34 in June. You give him a two-and-a-half-year contract? Two and a half year contract for someone who's 34 in six months. I mean, why? How? What? Why has he done to do even? Uh, come on. Maybe he's. For you, I mean, you would hate that even no, more than I am. It's not a money ball signing. Yeah, sticking with Henderson, according to the Telegraph, he hasn't actually been paid by Altifak. Yeah, this is this is pretty extraordinary. Now, obviously, people reported on his enormous wages and everything, and it's tax free in um, in Saudi Arabia. However. He apparently deferred the wages because if you're a UK resident, if you spend more than 90 days in the United Kingdom, then you become, you get classed as a resident, tax resident here. Yeah. So then you'd have to pay taxes on that supposedly tax free money over there. There's now a suggestion that he may not get this money at all. And to be fair, I'll have to fact paid a transfer fee for him. So there's got to be some compensation. He's yeah. going to have to give some of that money back, I think. Jules Giorena is still at Dortmund and now he's even more competition to get on the pitch. And so we assume he's going to move yeah. on. You've written about this. Yeah, we said on Monday, what are they waiting for? Well, they've been offering him, there being his dad, Claudio, and his agent, new agent, George Mendes. Uncle George? Uncle George to a few clubs from, I don't know, Sevilla to Villarreal to Marseille and Lyon to Wolves, those kind of clubs. Um, I think there is interest. Offer him to Wolves. I I think there's interest there. Or certainly, you start the the discussion uh, if you want to put it in a in a different way. Uh, But we go back again. Today's the 18th of Jan, uh, so there's still 12 days, 13 days to sort something out. I would have thought that by now, considering the situation and the urgency of it, because he really needs to leave now, not in six months' time, now that it would be more advanced than it is. But for now, they're talking to clubs. The good thing, I guess, on their point of view is that there is interest. So it's positive that some clubs want him and then he will find somewhere good for him to continue his career. I mean, he has 18 months left on his contract. I mean, you're right. I mean, that part makes no sense to me. It's December. The guy never plays. You know they're going to try to bring in Sancho. You know, since November or October, anyway. Why not start the conversation at that point? I'm sure, I'm sure it's not like Dortmund would have said, nine, nine, Giovanni. You know, you, you might need to stay here. Like, come on. I mean, if Donny van der Beek could move on January the 1st, exactly. not played for five years. Um, it's funny because we, we've gone back into the, the Mendes orbit here with these clubs initially. Yeah. Um, but they're all having... Bad seasons, right? Wolves, Villarreal. Yeah, I mean Lyon. Marseille not too bad, but I don't think Marseille is doable, so I don't think they want him there. But yeah, yeah, no, and no. It's but, then, million- but then on the other hand, he has, he's not at the peak of his career and ability. We haven't seen him play for six months to start with, so he's never going to get a club like City or no. Real Madrid or PSG coming for him or Bayern Munich, right? We agree on that. Well, what I would say, I think what makes most mo- most sense for him is to find a club that's stable, where the coach is going to stick around, and a club where he's going to be noticed and, and in the spotlight. Yeah. Obviously, that is, that's most critical, because then he can think about moving on ahead and, yeah. and, and making sure that he plays, obviously. Yeah. Girona beat Rayo Vallecano 3-1 in the Copa del Rey to qualify for the quarterfinals. Gab, I guess there was no hangover from the Almeria draw at the weekend in the league. 
No, inside a half an hour, they had everything wrapped up. Christian Stuani scoring twice yeah. and Daily Blind, and uh, and it's all good and it's all forgotten. And now we'll see what happens. Uh, what happens in the league? Yeah. Serena Vigman has a brand new contract, Jules. Makes sense, right? Yeah, I think so. She's done really, really well with England, whether you like her or not, you like the style of football or not. Uh, new deal. She and did she, well because she got to the World Cup final and... And she won the Euros. And lost it. And won the Euros. Yeah, she okay. won the Euros. Just, just, yeah, I mean, it's two finals in a row still. Right. I'm not the biggest fan again, but... No, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying she didn't do well. I'm just saying for yeah, people yeah. who don't follow yeah, women's football, yeah. that no, is exactly. the definition. One of the highest uh, coaches now in the women's game. One of the sure. highest paid, not just one of the highest, because that yeah, so would be this a bit highest, dubious. So highest paid, I forgot. The, is she going to make more money than Emma Hayes with the US? No, just below, I believe. Right. Okay. But not much below, but just below. Uh, and obviously 2027, so she can build for the future and create the next generation as well of of Lionesses. Everton and Nottingham Forest, as we expected, have both been charged by the Premier League for violating financial stability rules. Gab, what does this mean? And... When Everton already punished at some point for something? They were. They were punished for the three years, for, for the cycle before that. Now oh, yeah. there's the new cycle. Oh, yeah. And I... they risk being punished again. Now, it's interesting because Everton's defence has been... They're not necessarily disputing the, the figures. Um, yeah, they're for, kind of agreeing that they breached, yeah. But they're saying it's unfair to put this on us. Um, which I don't know as a legal argument... Because people are going to say, well, you agreed to it. Then you get into a lot of technical accounting and, and lawyery stuff. Um, I think they can probably fix some of it, but I think there, there are going to be more points. And look, people are going to say, well, we dealt with the whole accusation. Oh, why are they picking everything in Forest and not punishing City and Chelsea, etc. Those are completely different cases. Yeah. In this case, too for Everton and Forest is different from the case before in the sense, or, or it's, it's under a different process, right? Because they said it's really important that we go, we get this wrapped up before the end of the season. So, you know, we're not punishing clubs for things that happened three years ago, which I think makes a lot of sense. It's yeah. under the new rules. Presumably in real time, the clubs are communicating with the Premier League financial controllers and they're telling them, hey, you can't extend this player, you can't sign that player, careful because you got a hole here, there's a shortfall there, whatever. If this is actually happening, and then the clubs kind of do what they want, and still lose money, then yeah. I'm not going to have sympathy for the club. So I'm with you. We've we got to find out you know, yeah. what this actually results in. Hugely hyped Nigerian striker Gift Orban. No relation to Victor, as far as we know. As far as we know. We're <laughs> not sure. As far as we know. It. Uh, wasn't picked for the Africa Cup of Nations, but he can cheer himself up with a move to Leon, where he can hang out with John Texter. Yeah, Maybe he learn can. some skateboarding moves. I mean, uh, to be fair, I think there's a lot of things to like about that move. First of all, it's not too expensive. I think it's 13 million euros, 1-3. He's 21. It depends what kind of gift you get, okay? Oh! If you get the gift from his first six months at the club when he moved from um, Steybeck to Ghent in so January to June, where he was literally and outstanding on fire like you just said that's amazing I'm not sure how much he can reproduce that he was way above expect, expected goals expected assists every, just everything he was doing was working however if you look at the first six months of this season so the other gift who was not a starter for Ghent who still has a decent scoring record I think he scored 12 goals in all, in all competitions but not with the same 
there was just not that little bit of kind of magic that we saw in the first six months. However, I think there is a player in there, whether you play two up front, him and Lacazette, and Lacazette a little bit deeper, almost as a 10, whether you play him on his own, whether you play him wide, I think he can do a lot of things. He's still very young. There's still a lot of things to, to, for him to learn. But I just, I like this signing very, very much. I won't lie. And is he going to stick, ar and stick around after they get relegated? But that's the question. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I just wonder also if a relegation signed... dogfight is necessarily. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, you're no. right. There's a big upside there. Goals, it's not a lot of money, but you are dropping somebody into a relegation dogfight. And that True. means that I think you have to then give them time after that to, yeah, to yeah. find out who they really are. And the same could be said about Malik Fofana, the, the very young and bright Belgian winger that they also signed this window, who again is really young and super talented, but in a relegation dogfight, I'm not sure how well he would be able to express himself. It's not just Tintin and chocolates in Belgium. No, it's just great it's players too. Football talent too. The early rounds of AFCON haven't been lacking in surprise results, Gab. So what about Namibia beating Tunisia? Um, I thought this was incredible. Yeah, it I mean, was great. Uh, I mean, the Namibia, game was terrible. Namibia ranked 115th in the world. Uh, Tunisia ranked 28th in the world. Yeah. Uh, Namibia is obviously, for those who've never been or don't know, is an enormous country with not many people living in it. <laughs> no. uh, lots of empty space there. Yeah. Um, Tunisia had their chances, but the Namibia goalkeeper made some tremendous saves. They hung in there, and in minute 86, Dion Hotto, who plays for Orlando Pirates in South Africa, yeah. I discovered, um, going and volleying it in. Um, it's almost like Tunisia were surprised. Yeah, they I mean, the scenes were incredible. Uh, it was incredible stuff, and now it's and now it's uphill. It's yeah. very much uphill. Yeah. West Ham United are out of the FA Cup, losing their replay to Bristol City 1-0. Jules, they weren't helped by a really poor decision from Saeed Ben-Ramo, who got himself sent off. Yeah, he got himself sent off for retaliation after a rough tackle. I mean, it was a rough game, I thought. Rough tackle, there's no VR, of course, when you play outside of the Premier League stadiums in the FA Cup. And he, he kicked the, play, the Bristol player in retaliation, like I said, got sent off. Uh, and... West Ham, who had a strong, strong team, to be fair, considered really early after really bad, bad, yeah, back pass from Mavropanos towards Fabianski. After that, chasing the game, not playing well at all. And I just think, I, I love an upset in the FA Cup, I think he's great. But surely, if you're West Ham, even if you're doing really well in Europe and in the league, the FA Cup has to be one of your priorities, one of the missions, something that you can actually win. And to be knocked out so early against... A team like that on a on a replay, it's just I think it's just such so, such a bad result. Okay, you're just picking on more. No, I, it's like, just, I, I think yeah, it would have been good because then you know you won a European trophy last year, of course, if yeah. last time. Now you're in the running for the Europa League, right? You 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 yeah. you are. You're not among know, the favorites, but. but you know what? The favorites play each other. There, there's upsets and whatever. I mean, look, you've we, got we, more chances to win the FA Cup than to win the Europa League. For the same sure? reason, well, it's the same reasons as you mentioned for Europa League. Then, if the favourite play each other in the FA Cup, a team like West Ham can go and win it. I'm actually, I'm actually really curious in terms of. I mean, screw it, let's do this, right? Liverpool are still in the FA Cup, right? Yeah, they're better than West Ham, right? Yeah. City are still in the FA Cup, yeah. right? They're better than West Ham, yeah. Yeah. Manchester United are still in the FA Cup. Don't laugh, they're still. Yeah, they're better. Not than sure they're better than West okay. Ham. Spurs are still in the FA but Cup. But they will play City, so one of them will be out. Oh, good point. Oh, you really have access to the next round draw. Very yeah. impressive. If so, really, Liverpool and City, yes. Chelsea? Liverpool are also in the Europa League. Come on, please. Brighton? Come on. Liverpool are also in the Europa League. Wolves? By the way. 
So it's, uh, for me, it's like if you give them some chance to win the Europa League, you have to give them a chance to win the, the FA Cup yeah, as well. Yeah, you know, the field is not much stronger. Morocco are many people's favourite, including myself, for the AFCON trophy. So how did they look in the opener against Tanzania? Okay, so you can look at this and say, you know, they, they, they took the lead with their captain, Roman Saiz, and it's 1-0. Uh, but then they only added the extra goals because they won 3-0 in the end mm. uh, after uh, Tanzania went down to 10 men uh, with 20 minutes to go. However, I thought they played some phenomenal football. Oh, they were just yeah. spreading the ball around. Unai they they, they could have scored four and five by, yeah. by halftime. And Unahi, you know, we talked about the Kevin De Bruyne side foot goal. This was different because he's a lot closer. Yeah. He doesn't need to go the and one hit two is lovely. defender. It's yeah. a one-two. But again... It's one of those shots where you kind of pass the ball into the back of the yeah. net. Um, they really are entertaining, and they've, they've clearly carried yeah, that, that positive energy from the World yeah, Cup completely. into the AFCON. Completely. DR Congo and Zambia share the spoils, drawing 1-1 in their game. Jules, were you expecting more from Congo? I thought they were really good, though. And if you haven't seen the goal they conceded, it's a comical <laughs> goal, really. The goalkeeper is coming out, and... The defender making mistake. It's just comical. The goalkeeper puts it out for a throw-in, and the then he's played quickly. It takes him forever to get back up and run back, and then they 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 they, they take it they take it quickly. And Kings Kangwa, he shoots on goal, but it's like a big lob. Yeah, and it's like the, the defender should have it. He should even control it. Really, <laughs> they move in slow motion, and I don't even remember. They it's stick terrible. a leg out to try I to intercept. I mean, what, what are you really, thinking? It's a weird clearance that he's trying to do. However, Congo had many chances. They have a really good team, like Akuta and Bakambu, Wissa from Brentford. In and what about team. my man, Charles Pickle? Yeah. From Cremonese. And Pemba too. And uh, Chancel and Bemba from Marseille. So they have a really good team. And they should have won that game. I, I don't really worry so much about them uh, going to the, to the next round. Uh, but it's a shame because really they should have had the, the, the whole three points. But I thought they played some really good football and created enough chances to win. So it was... I think a lot positive despite in the end having that draw because of that mistakes by the way since I know you love your football kick, uh, kits and you're wearing uh, in, in, as an homage to Peter Bosch 17 out of 17 again, uh, you're wearing the, the PSV shirt um, I got a message from uh, our colleague Mark Ogden yeah. during the game and saying what's wrong with and I don't think he's following the AFCON very closely he's saying what's wrong with the Zambia kit yeah and I hadn't noticed, but it's obviously it's extremely humid, extremely yeah. humid. And so what happens is, even in the first minutes, the players are just sweating all over the place. Depending on, I guess, the material of your kit and the color, obviously, it's either going to look okay, like the Congo guys look, I mean, if you looked at their faces, yeah, they're yeah, sweating. Yeah. But, but as he put it, the Zambia guys look like they like they just come out of the swimming pool yeah. wearing their shirts. It's, I don't know. I don't again. If you, I know who the kit manufacturers are. <laughs> I don't know what the implications are. It's something to consider. I, I hope you didn't make these matches, these these jerseys, especially for the uh, for the Afcon, because if you did, it's you kind of got the climate wrong. Yeah. Napoli have taken Amatore on loan from Bournemouth. Gab, does he move the needle for your friend, the master of disaster? I mean, he played three games, I think, this season. So. Yeah, he hasn't played since September. Didn't play much last year. I think he's a very, very talented player. He's he's, he's a midfielder who can who can create play. I think he can theoretically chip in for Lobaka, fill in for uh, for, for Zambo Anguissa. Uh, 
the question is, he hasn't played in forever. Yeah. Um, he's not the player he was at Sassuolo, where I thought he was a phenomenal midfielder. Uh, so, no, I don't think he moves in. But they're, they're talking like something like four or five signings this window for, for Walter Mazzari. Uh, De Laurenti's determined to finish mm. top four. Yeah. Wolverhampton Wanderers advanced past Brentford in extra time. 3-2, uh, I think it was. But Jules, there was an interesting twist towards the end. Yeah, because one of the referees got injured, so the fourth referee had to replace... The linesman, I think. The linesman, yeah. yeah, so the fourth referee has to come on. This is what he's there for as well. Uh, and then this guy in the stands, who is a referee on his weekends... like He is know, a qualified, qualified referee, referee who referees so he's grassroots. Gonna, yeah, grassroots games. For example, he will be in the under-12s, in a game for under-12s at the weekend. Said, hey, if you want, I can step in and be the fourth referee. And... Fair enough to him. Oh, he was. Do referees have like their official like referee ID. Yeah, he must have. Yeah, I didn't I guess. know he wasn't. No, I guess. Yeah, it's not like you and I. If we're gonna, hey, I can I can hold the the ball with like ten minutes. But, I didn't. Uh, but the guy is a Wolves fan. So when Cunha scored the winning goal in <laughs> yes. extra time, he said the worst thing was I could not celebrate because he had to be partial as a as a referee of the game. Really, it was funny. It's a too. great story. It was funny too because he's a qualified referee, but like. Being fourth official isn't really about refereeing. Right? Yeah. All you got to do is like, oh, there's a substitution. Let me hold True. up the board. The manager's shouting at you. When exactly. You, got, you tell him to go back to the technical yeah. area. You're which are all things that refereeing at grassroots level he would never deal with because there are no boards, there's no technical area. It's just a bunch of parents on the side. Exactly. So for him, it was a totally new experience. It, it was so sweet. Amazing. Afterwards, the, you know, the, the referees do the warm down and then they kind of get together and do like, um, uh, they do like a post-mortem and how they thought the game. They included him in it. Oh, I love it. Was it was so sweet. I, I'm it's a great experience. This guy's heroes are Premier League referees, right? Just uh, like yeah, our yeah. heroes might be, you know, Erling Holland and Bruno Fernandes. His heroes he dreams are... Of David David Coots. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> a big David Coot poster as well. Giorgio Chiellini has taken a job with LAFC in a player development role. Gab, wasn't he supposed to come back to Juve in the front office? I think that's what everybody talks about because about how smart Chiellini is and how loyal to the club. I think he will, but he also said, Jules, that um, I want my kids to finish school here. It's the middle of the school year, yeah, right? Yes. So I think it's, it's good for him. I think he can... It's a player development role. I think it's going to be more sort of front office-y recruitment-y. So you learn that side of the business, or at least the way they do it um, in, in MLS. Uh, you know, speak English every day, which yeah. he was already doing to some degree. But obviously in MLS, there's a lot of Spanish-speaking players. He, right? just, just learn the corporate world. He's, he said, I want to learn. I mean, the man is an educated man. For all you think about him, true. he is one of those rare that professional successful true. footballers who has both uh, a BA and a master's in business administration, right? L'Equipe says, say Redbird, who of course own Milan, um, plan to sell to lose. Yeah. Uh, now they deny it, but L'Equipe saying, no, 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 no. We know, we know. We know. Uh, what happened to this MCO thing? What's the story here? Well, we, I mean, we heard it as well before. Uh, I think it's been for sale for quite a while. I don't think there's a, it's a case of like multi-club ownership that hasn't gone well for Red Bull. I'm not sure Red Bull really are in that kind of mindset. They just want some, to make some money of it, on it. And I think they will. It looks like they're selling to another US... Otro. Uh, yeah, exactly. Who, uh, by the way, fund. is made up of former Redbird guys. Yeah, that's right, isn't it? Yeah, so he stays <laughs> in the family, kind of. Um, and... I, I don't know if that was always a strategy from the from day one when they bought Toulouse and got it back promoted from the second division to the first and they were obviously won the French Cup which was great they're still in Europe by the way they beat Liverpool too so they've had really good Wait moments they play Milan and yeah and the club is much better now compared to where it was when they bought it so well done well done to them I think that was always just a strategy 
I think they paid ten million for him when they were in the second division. Yeah. Um, and I'm guessing it's going to be north of a hundred million. Yeah, right? probably or, around or, that. Or, I think. Around that. Now yeah, they've obviously yeah. also put in money over the years. Yeah, true. So true. it's not quite. Oh look, we ten x. No, 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 no. But yeah, it's going to be a good profit for them. Marco Rose's contract is up at the end of the season, and it doesn't look like he's sticking around. Gab, Jadon Sancho is going to be sad. And I'm going to be sad too. Marco Royce, one of my favorite Germans. Um, There's not, not that many. Yeah, well, you know, Albert Einstein and Raphael Honigstein. Raphael Honigstein. And yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I like others too. Um, like he's 35, his contract's expiring. I'm sure he's on big wages. Yeah. There was a suggestion he could go back to Borussia Mönchengladbach, where, I'm of course, imagine, is where it all started yeah. out. Uh, that's kind of been knocked back. He wants to keep playing. I don't know. He can play every week, but he can be an impact sub, on even for for for, for a biggish team. Yeah. Um, I agree. So I'm pretty excited about that. And talking of comebacks too. Sorry, I didn't put this in the quick hits. But I want to get you on it. I'm talking about German guys who are old, same age as Marco Royce, uh, former World Cup winner. Oh, Jerome Boateng. Yes. Salanitana. I mean. Oh, it's not done with Salernitana. <laughs> oh. I think he's been offered to everybody. Yeah, true. Salernitana, who are bottom of the table. Yeah, Salernitana, where his old teammate, Frank, I, I bet Frank Ribéry has something to do with this, right? And for I those who don't think know, so. Frank Ribéry, when he was about, maybe this is maybe 10 years ago, when he turned 55, he moved to Salernitana. Yeah, not 10 years ago. I was making a joke. Yeah, you know, I know. Ribéry but like, really old. He finished his career there, yeah. He finished his career there. He absolutely loved it. Yeah. I don't know if he's like recruiting players for them. Or? I don't know, but yeah, it, it would, he could only come from there. But I don't Boateng think he hasn't played in six months. I, I know, he was terrible when he was at Lyon. When I say terrible, it was shockingly bad. I mean, I, I think uh, people needs, people in Zagi need some experience, he said. Okay, you might have experience mentally with Boateng, but the guy can't run anymore and can't, I'm not sure he can do much. So. He can lift weights if you go on his Instagram Yeah, account. true, that's what he's doing. Does. Some pretty cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. Sergio Regulon is reportedly joining Brentford on loan after a stint at Manchester United. Jules, I guess I get why Spurs don't need 10 billion left backs. Yeah. But are you kind of surprised that United sent him back to Spurs given the... The injury to Malasia, I know Dallas done well and Shaw's... I just think he'd been not great when he played. But still, he's still good enough for Brentford to think, oh yeah, let's have him. Especially if Brentford pay back three. Yeah, exactly. And Rico Henry has that long injury, so they probably need someone... Obviously, not probably, they need someone on that left-hand side. So for them, it makes sense. Far more sense than when United signed Regulan. And by the way, if you go back and listen to that show, when he signed, and we, we dissed it massively because we said, why would United take someone like him and... We were right. Short again. term cover for for, for We Mars? were right again. It was terrible right. for them. That's why they sent him back. Roberto Mancini is the world's highest paid national team head coach. And he's had a bumpy few days, Gab. Yeah. So, for first of all, before the tournament, um, he gave a press conference where he sent three of his players home. And yep. the reason he, he sent them home is... Um, and again, one is... I'm blanking on their name, but, but he's 34. He's... He's a well-established player. One of them was a, was a reserve goalkeeper, and the other one was a defender. And again, the other two weren't necessarily star starters or potential starters. But basically, he said, like, or he claims, he said, look, I'll take you. They were in the preliminary squad. Like, I'll take you to, to the Asian Cup, but, you know, you might, not, you might not play. And they said, basically, okay, this is his version of events. Yeah. Uh, well, then, if we're not playing, don't take us. Or... You know, which he went, he ranted about. And if that's what they said, then I think he's right. 
Yeah. You don't you don't just get to be part of the team if you're guaranteed a spot. You know, I mean that that's a bit silly. It's a bit different for the older guy, Salman Al Faraj. He said, "Look, I just said I don't want to play the friendlies because I'm 34 years old and I'm old. And you you see me every week in the Saudi Pro League. You know what I can do. And that puts it." on a slightly different footing. A lot yeah. of fans are already annoyed with Mancini. It would have gotten worse if they'd screwed up against Oman. Um, this is pretty remarkable. You it's can see a video about this. Incredible. Okay, so Saudi are playing Oman. They're heavily favored, and they are not good. Not good you know, It's a nice goal, but it's 1-1. It's minute 96, and Saudi Arabia score, Al-Balahi uh, scoring for them. Um, the assistant referee's flag goes up. And you can see in real time, even on your television, that the flag should not have gone up. He's yeah. not offside. He's no. obviously not offside, right? Um, and so the, ref- so the goal is disallowed. Then the VAR steps in. Yeah. And they says something to the referee. This is a guy named, a fellow named Evans. I don't, I'm assuming, I think he might be Australian. Um, and he talked for a long time. And then referee says, okay, fine, disallowed goal. Which then makes you wonder what the hell would yeah because Oman, the Oman players celebrate and so they also celebrate yeah, yeah, yeah and then a few minutes later he's like oh wait sorry did you see this like oh no 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 sorry uh, so do you <laughs> the goal should stand it was like he could not understand I think there was a miscommunication it's the only the only thing yeah, I can yeah, think of it was so I mean, weird it was I, either weird. The, the the guy malfunctioned you know had a system error in his brain or there was a miscommunication yeah. he didn't understand you know one of them said offside offside not offside not offside whatever right <laughs> uh, like. These are the penalties in international yeah. football, but it must have really been been soul crushing for for Oman. And yeah. I also want to say this about this: like we've seen, it's a reminder, though. I want to praise the referee for doing something. If you make a mistake and you're in a football match, you can always fix it, right? Memo to the the, the numbskull who took charge of the uh, remember the the, the Spurs yeah. disallowed goal against Liverpool or sorry Liverpool goal disallowed yeah. against Spurs right you can always fix it yeah so get the protocol it's not like oh no the check is over I can't fix it no you can, you yeah, can exactly. fix it the feud between Karim Benzema and French Interior Minister Gerald Darmanin uh, will continue in the courts Jules yeah that's right uh, Karim filed a defamation lawsuit against Darmanin if you remember Darmanin accused him at the time a few months ago to uh, have links to the uh, Muslim, Muslim Brotherhood, Brotherhood. exactly um, Muslim Brotherhood by the way is defined as a terrorist organization yeah, in France it's extreme uh, Islamism if you want uh, or some people say it like that and Karim at the time already was really unhappy it took a bit of time I think for his lawyer to do everything and now it's finally official so let's see where that, where that goes well I can say this the Muslim Brotherhood by the way is defined as a terrorist organization not just in France but in Saudi Arabia which is where yeah. Karim Benzema moved to I feel pretty confident in Mohammed bin Salman's secret service that if Karim Benzema really had links yeah. to the Muslim Brotherhood, which is a terrorist organization in Saudi Arabia, that they, they would find out about it. I agree. I think it's nonsense. I think Darmanin might want to move on with his day yeah. job. Yeah, exactly. Aitana Bonmati and Leo Messi were crowned at FIFA's The Best Awards on Monday night. Gab, I know what you think about these awards. And I bet you think even less of them now. Not really, because I thought very little of them before, and it's really just a way to celebrate great players, and it really doesn't matter who finished first, second, third, or fourth. It's, it's how I feel about the Ballon d'Or. I feel, yeah, I, feel about this. I think players the, care, though, as I say. Okay, I always well, say. Uh, the nice thing about this is that you can go on the FIFA website and you can see 
there's four constituencies who vote, right? There's yeah. national team captains, there's coaches, there's um, media, and there's sort of a, a fan vote, right? Yeah. And they're all weighted and whatever, and you get points for each one. But there's transparency. That's what you mean. You can see who everybody votes. There's yeah. total transparency. So you like right? that? I, I, I really like that yeah. part. <laughs> However, they also have total transparency on the rules. They say that the awards reward the best in each category, regardless of championship or nationality, for the respective achievements during the period from December 19th to August 20th, 2023. Okay? August 20th, 2023. This means that it was after the World Cup and does not include the first six months of this European season. Yeah. Right? So you're choosing this based on eight months. Yeah. I would love to know... All these people who voted for Lionel Messi. <laughs> really? Come on. Come clean. Say, oh, no. Damn. I thought it was. I yeah, thought it included the, the World Cup. Print. Surely they could not read. They haven't read the rules. Uh, because, as I understand, you correct me if I'm wrong, right? What did Messi do after the World Cup? He won the League's Cup uh, with Inter Miami. He scored a hat trick against Curusao with Argentina. He played some games for Paris Saint Germain. Yeah. Yeah. Scored some goals. And, but. You're going to compare this to Erling Holland again, from December 19th to August 20th. That's what the freaking award says. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Whatever. I think Erling Holland has been robbed. Not winning any individual trophies after this, the year that he had, the season that he had, is a disgrace. And the same could be said for Rodri. I would have loved Kylian, my boy, to win something. But this, this is this is not. This thing is so dysfunctional that, like, you know... Ben, because the jury is so all over the place, do you know for like for like the goalkeeping award, they have like a top three. They gave you a list of five options. And you know why they had to do that? They had to do that because there's people who I don't think even follow football at all who might have voted for weirdo randos instead, yeah. like they used to do back in the day. And by the way, didn't yes, didn't Bonuthin finish like second or third? Yeah. Yeah, what, what, what great feats did he do after December 19, 2023, <laughs> other than getting turfed out of his club? Yeah, exactly. All right, wait here. Sorry. Like I said, I don't care about Yeah, yeah, you don't like them. We know, we know. Uh, Jules, this brings us to an end, but we got to come back on of Monday. Course, of course. Because we got, we got our league football back, some yeah, big, games, big games, and uh, we'll also bring you back on the, uh, on the Italian Super Cup in Saudi Arabia, yeah, which I'm I sure can't you wait. can't wait about. Can't wait. Until then, love the game. Love your neighbor. Love yourself. <laughs> <laughs>